0: Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for singers, songwriters, musicians, recording artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated, which provides management, publicity, and related services. The show website is nhte.net and has lots from all episodes, plus links to social media and podcast listening platforms do be sure that you have also signed up there for the weekly e-newsletter there have been some exclusives in the newsletter that either haven't been made public anywhere else or were at least first seen in the newsletter so be sure you're signed up for that Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from not even an hour southeast of Los Angeles, my guest is a singer, songwriter, guitar player who just released a new single last month after having put one out in mid-January. She appeared on season 16 of The Voice, earning a spot on Team Kelly. Plus, she has opened up and shared the stage with some of the most respected country artists in the industry, from Tim McGraw to John Michael Montgomery and many more. She is also a proud ambassador of the SOS Foundation, which she will talk about today. And she began her career as part of a kid girl group. I've been hearing a song of hers called Always You. It's my pleasure to welcome to now hear this entertainment, Presley Tennant.
1: Hi, how's it going?
0: Great, great. Thank you for making time to do this. I'm looking forward to talking about all things Presley Tennant music.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited.
0: You bet, you bet. Let's start off first by having you tell the audience all about the song of yours that was just playing called Always You, especially since I was talking over it and they couldn't hear the lyrics.
1: <laughs> so Always You um, was kind of written about, there's this saying that I've always heard, and it's like the right person but the wrong time. Mm. Um, so I really wanted p- to kind of portray that into a song because I feel like so many people can relate to it some way, somehow, whether it's in a relationship or a friendship or um, something like that. I feel like so many people have gone through that certain circumstance um and so i wrote the song with deborah allen who is a phenomenal lady and she it was so fun working with her to like write the song and then it was produced by buddy hyatt and chuck rhodes um absolutely amazing people and i loved how the song turned out and so i just felt like this song always you was like a perfect way to say like no matter where i'm at no matter where i am in life no matter what i'm doing like it's always gonna be you even though it didn't work out it's always gonna be you
0: mm, wow so you mentioned working on it with other people was this your idea you kind of brought it to the table and and y'all roughed it out together or how did that workflow go and and by the way when did this take place
1: i want to say this took place maybe in august september ish maybe a little bit earlier like may okay um so i went into the writing session with deborah allen and we were kind of just like coming up with ideas brainstorming we both came in with a few ideas but Nothing that we were super um, married to because it was just kind of like okay, this is a cool idea if we come up with something really, really awesome for it. Um, And so we kind of started playing around with like melodies on the guitar, and then decided like, oh, this could be this is really cool. Like, let's go with this. And so we started to just kind of like throw lyrics out there like out of nowhere. And so we came up with I think the um, the first verse like in the beginning. And we really liked where that was going, so we kind of created just this story around it and Mm. came up with, like, the no matter where I'm at, no matter where I go, no matter what I do, it's always going to be you. And so we just wanted to portray that a certain way. Like, the pictures are broken, and even though you're not my life anymore, like, I'm always going to reminisce on those times.
0: So this timeline that you described of when this song was done with her— it sounds like the two of you wrote this during the pandemic. So was this a virtual co-write or were you in the same room with her physically?
1: I was in the same room with her physically, but social distancing. So.
0: <laughs> and I'm not asking you for that reason. I'm not trying to put you <laughs> on the spot. But uh, So was this out there in California or where did you write this song together?
1: This was in Nashville, or in Franklin, Tennessee. So a little outside of Nashville.
0: Okay, okay. Well, before we move on, here is a question for the audience instead of for Presley. Folks, are you obsessed with albums? Dissecting them, listening to them over and over again, listening to people talk about them? If so, then the Greatest Album of All Time podcast is the podcast for you. Music lovers Derek and Gia Smith pick a famous album each week and discuss it at length and decide if it should be in the talks of Greatest Album of All Time. They take a deep dive into each album, have special guests, and a whole lot of fun on this podcast. Check out The Greatest Album of All Time podcast on Spotify and Podbean. You will be hooked. Presley, I am so, so impressed with everything that you've done already in your young career. But I'll bet that to you it doesn't feel like your career is young, what with how early you started into performing. Tell the audience about the five LPs, what that was, and when it all took place
1: so i was in a girl group when i was younger we were a christian-based pop girl group um and i started that when i was around 10 wow um finished till i was 12 13 ish we were called five lps the so five little princesses um uh. and it was just it really opened up my eyes i mean before that i only used to play soccer and thought that's like what i wanted to do because wow. that's what family did Um, but I started taking vocal lessons and started doing little competitions, um, like where I grew up. And so I was introduced to them through that. Um, and I am so grateful for that opportunity because it opened my eyes to such a different world that I'm used to and has opened so many doors and opportunities. And it ultimately has led me on like this path that I'm on, um, that has, like I'm, I don't know. I'm just so grateful and so happy that I'm able to do what I love, um, and have so many people support me through it. And I've learned so much through that girl group. Um, mm. I mean, worked with some of the best best people you could ever meet. I mean, we got to sing for the Jacksons. We got to, they we went to Vegas and got to perform for them when they had the wow.
0: residency.
1: Oh. Uh, we got to perform for Kelly Rowland, and we were we were with her for a little bit. Um, and so it's like all these opportunities at such a young age is so surreal and I feel like during that time I wasn't necessarily like taking it all in because I was just learning the process of it mm. and so I was taking it all in but I wasn't like having like that moment like oh like this is like my life this is kind of crazy this is not normal Yeah. And I, but I'm surrounded by I mean I'm with five other girls who are some of my best friends and so um, I don't know it was just like we had each other all with, like we were all with each other every single day from like 8am to 4pm doing rehearsals and different shows every weekend and it was it was a lot of fun a lot of training but i had some of the best memories um during that time and i'm so grateful for all of that
0: now let me jump in here because i want to clarify for the audience now mind you not that you didn't do a good job of painting a picture of what a big deal the five lps were but i want the audience to understand like a really big deal because not only the experiences that you just heard presley describe that she had But Presley, when you started to talk about that, you said, I started that when I was like 10 years old. And I think what you meant is I started into that. Not that you're the one that started up the group, because the other clarifications I want you to make besides that are number one. I believe that y'all were even signed to a label, if I'm not mistaken. And number two is that I think when you were saying, like, these were my friends, again, I want the audience to understand, this wasn't like Presley got some of her friends together and said, let's start this group. I think what you meant is, I became really close with these other girls who were in the five LPs.
1: Yeah, so I came into the group, and it's actually kind of a funny story. I was, like, a backup singer for them first because there were five other girls that were already in the group. Hmm. Um, and they, like was a backup singer kind of auditioning for the group. And then I got cut and I was like, okay, whatever it's all right. And then I got brought back again, got cut again. And then the third time they brought me back and I was just like, I was just having fun with this. It's, it's, I mean, I was super young. I was just learning. I'd never even knew this whole part of the industry existed. Um, and so I finally, they, some of the girls decided to part ways from the group. Um, and so I jumped in and, Basically, I basically did like three rounds of auditions um, for the group and they already had like their girls that they were creating the group around and then I would just like was the addition into it and it was, I don't know, it was like I picked up like nothing felt weird with the girls, which I think is really awesome. I was They were all super welcoming, yeah, uh, which is really nice, especially at a young age because that's like when everything is like the most impressionable and so it's nice that I got to have a a good experience in that
0: group. Well, yeah, I was going to say, what a great attitude that you had because the way that you said, you know, I was just having fun. It's like, look, yes, nowadays, more and more and more young people, and I'm talking like 10 years old, are getting real serious about music real fast and their parents are partly to credit or to blame for that but at the same time you were like look I'm 10 here okay I mean this is fun I am trying I'm I'm. you know I'm sad that I'm getting cut but I'm trying I'm trying to do a good job but I'm 10 I'm, I'm having fun so so I like that but I wonder were the other girls all the same age or was this like oh no I was the youngest one Bruce everybody else was like 17 18 19 years old
1: so right before I joined I if I joined a little bit earlier I would have been the youngest one everyone was more along the lines of like 12, 13. Okay. Uh, and then the older ones started to leave. So they brought in a little, little bit like my age. So there was one girl that was the same age as me, one that was younger than me. And then two that were older than me. Um, okay. And so it was, but everyone was still relatively similar, like
0: yeah. close. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, you know, it's one thing to sit on a stool and give a heartfelt performance of a ballad, but part of the entertainment business being a performer is putting on a show. And what a lot of times is a big contributor to that is dancing. And Presley, it sounds to me from my research like you have a background in dance too.
1: I do. So it was it was quite a funny story actually too. It's when I first joined the group the reason why I kind of was like not a part of it, they kinda of cut me, was cause I couldn't dance. Uh-huh. And so I was like, you know what? Start taking dance lessons. I'm gonna start doing like a little bit of artist development. I found uh-huh. A lady that um, does a little bit of artist development and had like dance lessons at her place in Orange County so I went there and started taking lessons um, and like was enrolled in different classes there and then I kind of got the hang of it and so I started finally taking classes up in LA um, like with professional dancers that I mean dance for like Justin Bieber Rihanna all these different people and so I was taking classes and I'm like standing right front and the center because I'm the shortest <laughs> one
2: there.
1: and I'm like I'm trying I'm really trying but you know what I didn't have a care in the world I was just there to learn and have fun and try to better myself I didn't care what other people were thinking I mean I was also the, even the kids that were my age that were there were like still professional dancers and I'm like I can do like a somersault I'm really good at that uh, and so I don't know I just was very determined and so I think I took like maybe three dance classes a night wow. um, and I was there at least three to four days a week
2: oh my gosh. and I, I,
1: I loved it I loved being immersed into, into the arts and have like being surrounded by people that were appreciating the arts as much as I do um, because that's a nice like refreshing feeling but then I just slowly started focusing more on, like, the music and the artistry of everything. Um, And so that's when I kind of took a step back from it. But, yeah, I I grew up in the whole dance scene, too, and so I absolutely love it. went to dance conventions after that, and Mm. I don't know. It was was just great memories.
0: Well, okay, so then tell me, when and how did you get started into songwriting?
1: So I got started into songwriting. um, I mean, growing up, I always kind of journaled so I just like wrote things down I mean like if you look at like my little journals when I was like seven it's like dear journal here's my day so <laughs> um but I always like wrote kind of I always wrote down a little like blurb every once in a while so I, it was nothing like new to me to start writing um except for the fact that like now I'm just like trying to figure out like rhyme schemes and like keeping everything to like a concise message yeah um, But I started songwriting technically. Like my first song was when I was—I want to say I was around 14, maybe a little bit earlier, like 13. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I came out with a song when I was younger called "Don't Take the Summer Yet." It was like definitely (laughs) like along my age group. Like (laughs) we're all going back to school, but don't take the summer yet. But no (laughs) one wants to. Uh, And so I, ever since then, I just kind of write things down. I mean, granted, I write songs about whatever is going on in my life. Some of them are really deep, and then some of them are really not. Like it's about like a tree that I saw on the side of the street. But I just needed to get something out to like start the creative process again. It's um, especially like with like writer's block. It is yeah. it's a thing, and that sucks so bad. And so I just kind of wanted to keep writing, just kind of push myself. And so I started writing then and completely fell in love with it and found that that is like my outlet of Mm. putting all my emotions out there because I'm not one to like talk about my feelings or like Mm. um it's not it's not a very comfortable thing for me and so if I put it into a song I'm able to share it then at that point because I feel like it's 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 an art it's a it's my craft it's what I do
0: Well, I'll tell you, I'm I'm just engrossed in everything you're saying. I I, I love so much of what you're talking about. Number one, I love that you're willing to challenge who you are as a person to say, okay, this is tough because I'm not someone that really likes to be very public with my emotions, but I'm recognizing that as I'm developing as an artist and as a songwriter, I need to kind of open up and and if this is my outlet – I also have to make peace with the fact that people are going to hear kind of some of my innermost thoughts that I never really intended to share with anybody. But I also want to give you credit because backing up a couple minutes, you said writer's block sucks. And that's why as a result, like I could just see a tree as I'm going down the road and I'll just write about that. And I think that you should give yourself a big pat on the back for that because... Writer's block does suck, and everybody experiences it, and I think a lot of people are still trying to figure out, well, what do I do when I get writer's block? So here you are saying, I just write so that I'm still writing, because it's real easy to push the proverbial pen and paper to the side and say, I got nothing, and so I'm just going to stop trying to, to write at this moment. And you're saying, well, I need to keep the—I think the, the expression you used was, I need to keep the creative juices flowing. And so— I really commend you on that to say, hey, I need to be doing this. And the more reps I get, the better a songwriter I'm going to become. So even if I do just have to write about a tree that I saw on the side of the road, then at least I'm writing something.
1: Yeah. Well, and it's like the one thing that I've always been told is like, well, if you get writer's block, the best thing that at least I have done that I've been told after that um, was honestly just to keep writing. Don't worry about if it makes sense, if this. If it goes like, – if it's like following the same pattern or anything like that, like just write. Yeah. doesn't matter what it is. Write about how how your hair looks today, how you're feeling, how you want a pair of shoes, you want to get over your rider's block, like things like that, just random. And it's like finding that little pathway to like – I don't know. I consider it like, oh, like you're just trying like different types of keys in every door and there's going to be like that one door that opens mm. and like, as soon as you there you're open to the free world
0: nicely said nicely said yeah i was thinking about somebody who is trying to get in shape and maybe they're only lifting 100 pounds and they go i really wish that i could lift 125 it's like well guess what you just got to keep lifting 100 until the day's going to come when you can lift 125, but just keep at it and don't don't stop and tell yourself, well, I can't lift 125, so I guess I should stop lifting. No, just keep doing it and, you, and you'll get there. Yeah. I want to back up then. So then what was happening with the five LPs? Were you all doing original music that someone else was writing or is it, you know, a couple of the other girls were already writing at a young age or who is what, what were you doing cover songs?
1: So we were doing a little mixture of like for live shows, we had, we did have our own original music. Okay. Um, it was not written by us, but by, um, the people who like more along management or creative director, gotcha. um, of the group, they were more of the ones that were in control of what we were singing, but, um, they also still really listened to our opinions. And if we weren't super comfortable with singing about something like this, like we all had boundaries and they were well-respected, which I nice. think is awesome yeah. um and we i mean we we're a christian girl group we were singing about like um we have little messages of like hints of god in there which i think is so cool but you wouldn't necessarily recognize it yep. because if you weren't familiar with it but like different messages like daughters of the king and things like that um were thrown in so, like if you know the energy it's like you're gonna get it but if not then it just sounds like a normal day yeah
0: it's kind of like how mercy me covers where the Streets Have No Name by U2. And if you're looking for it, you understand that you really can find a very Christian perspective about where the streets have no name, which everyone thinks is like, yeah, this great rock song by U2. It's like, it is a great rock song by U2. But guess what? There's a really great message about what, uh, what awaits all of us in heaven where the streets have no name.
1: Yeah. And so it's like little things like that. I think it's so cool to like kind of like throw those in there because it's like, oh, it's like, everyone's going to listen to it then at that point, but then some people are just going to get like a different meaning and like a deeper message of it. Yeah. Uh, But so the the songs are written by the uh, management and creative directors. Okay. Like, so we didn't necessarily write it, but um, we were singing original songs as well as covers whenever we performed. Okay.
0: Okay. Well, there have been lots of guests on this show who have been on the voice, not to mention others from the likes of American Idol, America's Got Talent, even the X Factor. But I still think that it's always good to ask each guest about their time with those shows because everyone has different experiences, learns different lessons, has their own unique takeaways from being on those shows. So Presley, in your case, share with the audience about having been on season 16 of The Voice and working with Kelly Clarkson.
1: So I know many people have different experiences, but my time on The Voice, I enjoyed every single bit of it. I mean, I was 16 going into the Voice, and I feel, that I was very young. I'm still very young. I'm 18, um, but also at the same time, I the amount of knowledge that I came into the show with, I left with so much more. Mm. Just being around people who are living and breathing and like living, breathing music every single day. That is what they do, and so I mean, I was coming from like just like a young girl that had knew that music is what I wanted to do, but I didn't know like the whole outside process of it. Like I knew the whole part about making music and writing and recording and performing, but I never knew it. as like, this is a lifestyle. And so when I walked into there and knowing that like, I'm working with some of the best musicians that were playing on the band. I mean, I get to work with my idol. Um, I mean, Kelly Clarkson, it, I've looked up to her since I was so young. She was my first concert ever. Mm. Um, to sing her song because of you at every single like talent show near my house uh or near my town and so it's like i'm pretty sure there's still videos of it of it, <laughs> it. so and then i mean i performed and then once i i was brought back out for the finale and then i was invited by kelly clarkson to her show in vegas mm. which is really cool um and so on my 17th birthday she sang me happy birthday i got to sing the song with her it was just like a dream come true wow um, and it's like, I don't know, everything there that I went through, I made some of like, my best friends from there that I talk to all the time, which I think is so awesome. Um, but it's like we all have the camaraderie of like we all love and appreciate music, and this that's how we express ourselves.
0: Where in Las Vegas did you sing with Kelly Clarkson, and what song was it that the two of you sang?
1: Uh, I want to say it was at the Venetian. Nice. I could be wrong it was inside like the amphitheater um and then i sang her song because of you with her
0: wow wow so it
1: was it was like the coolest thing ever it's i i just remember like going up there and i was just starstruck because it's like that was this is my idol like ever since i like first started singing like there's like proof behind everything like there's like a full circle moment it was so cool Yeah, it was so cool, and I just am so grateful for it and everything that I learned.
0: Yeah, that's totally what I thought when you said it is, you know, oh, there's probably a video about me when I was young. I would sing her song everywhere that somebody would let me sing, and there you are on stage with her in Las Vegas singing that very song. That's totally full circle. Wow, wow, what great memories. Oh, my gosh. Oh that's a lot of fun and and I love how much you took away from it. I love that even though you were only 16, you still were a sponge and it's just like you showed us when you talked about dancing and decided like okay I need to embrace this more. I need to do more with this. And, and you started taking it seriously. And here you were at The Voice saying, you know what? I'm only 16, but this is a great opportunity for me to learn. And by the way, I was not going to tell the audience at all during this whole episode that you're only 18. But now that you disclosed it, when will you turn 19? Are you closer to 19 than you are 18?
1: I, I am closer to 19. I turned 19 later this month. Oh, so
0: <laughs> on what date?
1: Uh,
0: May 24th. Ah, OK. OK. Wow. Wow. Well, there you go. I I don't want to say the secret is out because certainly there will be family, friends, and fans of Presley's who know her closely and they know when her birthday is and what her age is. But for those of you around the world that listen, thank you for listening from around the world and you're getting introduced and you're getting to know more about Presley Tennant and so you now just learned her, her age and her birthday. So Presley, as a result of your experience on The Voice, you changed genres, What do you find different between pop and country music? And what was the transition like from pop to country music?
1: So I've always had a background in country music because I come from a very small town in California, in Southern California. I mean, it's called Norco, also known as Horsetown USA. So it's like everybody around me is like riding horses and we all play country music all the time. So I've always had like a love for it and appreciation. Um, It's like always like a little bit like part of home. Um, but I continued on the pop journey after the group, um, solely because that was what I knew and that is what I wanted to do at the time. And so I continued on with that and onto the voice. Um, and during a little bit before the voice, when I was going in to record a few more songs of like my originals, um, I started to feel like this isn't me. I mm. felt like I was being pushed to be something that I'm not Wow! and to, uh, kind of just like I don't know I just it wasn't who I was I wasn't happy and I knew that if music is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life then I might as well do what makes me happy because it's going to be more believable number one and I'm going to enjoy the process while I'm at it instead of being faking to be something that I'm not um and so I as soon as I kind of came off the voice I took one little look into that direction of country music and it was just like it just felt right and so I started going into the country direction I started doing more shows and I was doing at that time I was doing like mainly covers um of course I didn't have a whole like repertoire of actual country music yet behind like my name um and so but even then the country music is just a different energy of performing and I feel like country music is so real um not saying that pop is not but it, it just it's a different level of like you can have the soul and you can have the grit and you always, I mean, you can, you're most likely always telling a story and if not, it's just like a fun song that everyone can just hang out to and like, and party on with. So I think that's really cool. And so, I don't know. It was like, I started writing country music too after that. And then completely was in love with how I was able to really put my feelings down and like, let it be heard and it be accepted because in pop music you hear songs that are more about more, I guess, like lighthearted things, which is nothing wrong with that at all. And I feel like there are songs for everything, but I just wanted something that had a little more meaning and a little more depth behind like the sound, if that makes sense.
0: Bravo, bravo, my gosh. (laughs) Are you sure you're not 28 and 18? The maturity level of this girl folks I was saying in an email in the lead up to this, that I was so impressed by the maturity in the sound of Presley's voice when you hear her music, but now to actually talk to her and hear what a mature young lady she is. And you actually took the words out of my mouth, Presley, because as you started to talk about this transition and it just didn't feel right doing pop music and what country music offers and what country music is, I thought to myself, well, that's kind of like when she was saying earlier that, Hey, you know, I do have to kind of step outside my comfort zone and I have to write about my feelings and who I really am and share my personal emotions. And you do hear that in country music. And you basically said, in not those exact words, but you basically reiterated that. So it's a great description of this transition that you've made. And I can just feel the purity in your voice, the authenticity and the joy that you have when you talk about transitioning over to country music you certainly give a lot of credit to the experience that you had in pop and it formed a nice foundation for you but it does feel like a really nice fit for you
1: and I wouldn't trade any of like the moments that I had before in pop because I did have to go through that to figure out where I am supposed to be right now that's right and what part of my journey that I'm supposed to be in and so I'm very grateful for all those opportunities and I learned so much from that and if I didn't go through that I don't know where I would be and so going from pop to country it was just like it was kind of like a no-brainer at that point point. and so it's like now I'm getting to do the songs that I love and I'm getting to actually like sing and I'm getting to belt and I'm getting to have those moments where I can have fun and let free and then I can have those moments where I can like really sit down like just with a guitar and sing. And so I feel like that is the coolest thing about country music is the versatility. Um, I mean, you also have so many different like sub-genres that you can go into. You can go into just like older country, you can go into like Southern rock country, you can go into like soul, Um, you can go into pop. And so it's like, there's so many different things I can cross over, but everything still blends and melds together, which I think is really awesome.
0: Well, yeah. And before we were using the expression about things coming full circle as it relates to the whole Kelly Clarkson scenario. And so here's a case where I can envision that you are eventually going to come up with a song or three or five that you're going to say, I'm writing these as country songs, but because of your background in pop, it's going to really become more of a crossover where all of a sudden Lo and behold, here's Presley Tennant that switched from doing pop to doing country to where now she's doing so good and she's excelling in her career that her songs have crossover appeal and they're being played on both country and pop radio.
1: Yeah, I feel like that's that's a big thing and being able to be versatile, but also like knowing who you are as an artist is really important because you still want to like yourself and like keep like your image together but it's also nice to have like those little moments where you're able to kind of like branch out a little bit and kind of get maybe a little bit more of people who wouldn't necessarily listen to you beyond this one song that just grabs them so I feel like it's nice to do that
0: that's right that's right I'm joined today on the Now Here This Entertainment guest line from outside of Los Angeles by singer, songwriter, guitar player Presley Tennant. Visit her official website at presleytennant.com. I will put a link to it on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. Once you land on Presley's website, wow, links to all kinds of social media, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram, So be sure to follow and engage with her on those various platforms. And yes, she is also on TikTok as well. Presley's music is available to stream on Spotify. So do follow her on there. In fact, she's even on SoundCloud too. So two platforms, Spotify and SoundCloud, where this show is also available. But the best way to support Presley is to purchase downloads of her music from iTunes. There is a link for that as well on presleytenant.com. At the very beginning of this episode, you heard me introduce myself and my company name, saying that Now Hear This provides management, publicity, and related services. Keep in mind that if you've got questions, you need help with your music career, or even with podcasting, I do offer private one-on-one video consultations. My company, Now Hear This Incorporated, has been working with artists on their music careers for over 15 years, guys and gals from Los Angeles to Las Vegas to here in Tampa Bay, and other cities in between. In fact, there are articles on the homepage of the website about the two newest clients. And of course, I've been doing this podcast every week for more than seven years now. Go to nowhearthis.biz, It's H-E-A-R, Nowhearthis.biz to not only read about those two newest clients, but for the article titled Video Consultations Now Available, and then use the link in there to get a personal session scheduled with me. Presley, in addition to being on national TV for your appearances on The Voice, plus shows that you've done with some big names in country music, as I mentioned in the intro, you've also performed at The Mint in Los Angeles, and you even sang the national anthem at a Seattle Seahawks game. Was that fun or just like really nerve-wracking because there's a whole NFL stadium full of fans with their eyes and ears on you?
1: So, okay, it was more uh, during COVID when like, COVID was, like, in its prime of uh, social distancing, so okay. I was doing everything, like, recording it from California, and then I had, to like, to send the video over, uh, and then they- so, I mean, I had no nerves, I was just singing for, like, my mom, and my brother that were recording the video for me, that was okay. pretty easy, <laughs> okay. but, wow. um, Yeah, so we just got to send that up. We did get a video of it after, which is really cool to know that, like, my video was being played up
0: there. Okay, but then what about the big names in country music that you performed with? That, again, same question, was that really fun or really nerve-wracking?
1: Those ones were definitely really fun. I don't get too many nerves. Um, I would say it's just more adrenaline, Um, and Mm. if they are some kind of nerves, I... Every time before I perform, I do this thing where it's almost like I like go into like this like meditative kind of thing Mm. where I kind of like zone everything out. I'm just focused on like what I'm going to do. I run through everything in my head and I don't talk very much beforehand, like maybe like 30 minutes before I get into like this, like little like state of like, okay, like I'm getting mentally prepared for it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so it also kind of like allows me to like calm my nerves if I have any, Mm. uh, definitely it's really weird but like the more people there are the less nervous i am mm. it's and then the less people that there are or like if i know people in the crowd that's when i get the most nervous and i don't know why but i feel like it's just because of like a sense of like i know these people and they can like say something like they can like i don't know it's just like i know them and so i know what they're going to be thinking i could kind of know their <laughs> <thoughts>. <laughs> that makes sense i'm like a oh like oh she messed up like she knows and so i'm gonna be like okay like we don't need to bring that up like i'll fix it next time
0: (laughs) yeah you know the person that's sitting out there saying oh my gosh look at her hair is like stuck to the side of her cheek and you're like darn it i know it's stuck to my cheek and i know that person's thinking about it wait a minute i'm supposed to be singing a song right now what am i doing
1: (laughs) (laughs) i feel like with like the most amount of people i it's just more fun and like the energy is a lot higher um I mean the biggest crowd that I performed at was um at least live in front of people was I want to say in Huntington Beach and I got to basically open up for Jake Owens and Tim McGraw Mm. which was really cool definitely some big names and I was so grateful for that um and so it was the coolest feeling ever of just like knowing I mean Mm -hmm. I sang that actually right before them or in between Jake and Tim McGraw um But it was, like, the coolest thing ever, knowing that there was, like, 30,000 people just, like, right in front of me. Wow. It was – and everyone – I mean, it's the the national anthem. It's, like, one of the most cherished songs of the United States. I feel like that is so cool that everyone was there and they had like their hats off and they were singing and it's just one of those songs. And so that's one of my favorite songs to perform ever um, Mm. because there's so much respect behind the song and I never want to like do it in injustice. So I always keep it like super traditional.
0: I'm interested to hear that because the National Anthem is a song that everybody knows the words to. And so everybody is Not that they're waiting for the anthem singer to screw up, but everybody's singing along, either in their head or they're actually singing out loud. Mm -hmm. And so they're going to know when a mistake is made. And in fact, I had a client of mine who at one point told me, please don't book me to sing the anthem anywhere anymore. It's just too much pressure. I don't like it. It's just not really the environment I want to be in and so I know that there are people that are on both sides of that coin, people like yourself that say, oh my gosh, it's a great opportunity to show respect to the country. And I love the song and I take a lot of pride. I don't put my own spin on it. And there are the people like I just described, you say, no, nah, I just, it's, it's not for me. It's not what I want to be doing.
1: I feel like as long as you keep it traditional and you have like the honor and the respect with the song, then I feel like it's really hard to mess up with it. Um, as long as like you aren't like forgetting the words, but I mean, I mean, I've sang at places where like they literally have like the lyrics like on top of the screen. <laughs> when well, you're cheating, like, but I mean, if you're <laughs> needed at that point, then yeah, you 100 percent should definitely look at it. But I don't know. I feel like if you're forgetting the lyrics, like you gotta like pick it up. Like that is like that is a big song. Yeah. That you gotta fulfill.
0: Well, I like the story though about the nerves or the lack thereof because I can totally see that. You know, if you're a performer and you're sitting in a very small, little, intimate venue, and there's like 30 people there, you're going, "Oh my gosh!" I can literally like count and look at every single person that's here, and you can, like look
1: their eyes and know that they're just staring right back at you. Like, there's like a yeah. bunch of people where everybody's like, you're, you're just looking out and it's just a sea.
0: Exactly. Like, you-
1: You are noticing too much.
0: Exactly. Yeah, you're not looking at that guy has picked up his drink probably five times in the last minute and 15 seconds. Is that guy totally drained that he's so thirsty? You're like, wait a minute. Why am I looking at that guy? It's easier just to look out, like you said, to the sea of thousands of people and say, everyone's having fun. I'm having fun. This is a great show. (laughs) Well, (laughs) unfortunately, there's something a little more serious we need to talk about. And it's crazy how this worked out, that this just happens to be two weeks in a row that I've had a guest talk about this subject. But that also should tell us all that it's something that obviously needs more attention. And unfortunately, I'm referring to the topic of bullying. Share with the audience, Presley, your own firsthand experience with that and what you're doing with the SOS Foundation.
1: I am a ambassador for the SOS Foundation, and that is... The foundation was created to help at-risk youth who are going through different things, such as bullying, cyberbullying, peer pressure, um, depression, anxiety, substance abuse, anything that you can really think of along those lines. We want to be the outlet to those who think that they don't have anyone to talk to or that someone isn't there for them. We want to be that person there for them, to let them know that there is a light at the end of this dark tunnel that they may not see it yet, but it's going to get better. Um, And so we do... And every single one of the ambassadors has kind of gone through something um, along those lines. I mean, I was in high school. I was definitely more of the, like, I was doing the voice during that time. And so I definitely got mixed responses out of everything, especially because I sang. Um, Mm. Granted, I did go to a performing arts school, so it definitely was a little bit easier. But I definitely had my few fair share group of high school teenage bullying kind of drama. Um, and I just kind of brushed it off my shoulders, but I knew that this is just high school stuff. And so I know it's going to be fine. Um, but a lot of times people may not understand that. Um, and so, and I know so many of my friends who have gone through different things, they, like it hurts. It definitely hurts. And like, if you don't have thick skin for it and even like, even if you do have thick skin, there's always going to be that something that someone's going to say that's just like, Oh, that one felt like, like a knife in my back kind of thing. And so with SOS, I that's why I stand so, so much. I support it so much is because of the fact that there are people who aren't going through those things and have gone through unimaginable things, um, and they feel like there's n- no one that they can talk to. And so we let them know that they aren't alone. I mean, it stands for Stand Up, Own Up, Speak Up for SOS. Um, and so we want to help those who are going through those things. We do different auctions and different, uh, we're donation basis only, but we do auctions to help raise money, um, to send certain, to send children or young adults or, uh, teens to therapy, which I think is really awesome. So every ta- every $500 we send a person to therapy for 10 sessions, which wow. we helped out a few people already, which I think is so awesome. Mm. Um, and it's just, we, are so closely related to each other, and especially since the fact that we are a peer-to-peer foundation. So if you are a girl that is like me, that is 18 years old, and that's going through something, and you don't feel comfortable talking about um, something to a an adult, um, you can always reach out to like one of like the ambassadors, and we're always there. For the fact of this is like no longer somebody that's just like like somebody like a stranger this is a person that's just like you this is somebody that has gone through the same thing and wants to let you know this gets better um so i think that's really cool that we are able to help each other out and kind of lead each other out of like a dark time
0: yeah very much so very much so and listeners i'm referring to last week's episode with savannah ray i will put a link on the show page for presley's episode so you can go back and hear her talk about her experiences with it and for that matter i'll put the same link on Presley's show page that I put on Savannah's show page, which is back to episode 147 with Brielle Von Hugel, who was on American Idol, and she talked, unfortunately, similar to what we just heard from Presley, that you would think that someone goes on The Voice and everyone is like, oh, my gosh, everyone wants to know me now. Everyone's my best friend. And unfortunately, you do hear about jealousy seeping in and and people like Presley and people like Brielle that go through bullying as a result. So this is an important message that more and more people need to hear, And hats off to people like Presley and to the SOS Foundation for the work that they're doing in trying to create a greater awareness and provide these resources and education. So, okay, we needed to do that. Thank you for the important work that you're doing, but now let's lighten things up a bit. (laughs) Every once in a while, I'm fortunate enough to have a guest give me an exclusive, whether that's Now here, This Entertainment being the first to air a new song of theirs or just some news that they reveal to my listeners So Presley, what about you? Do you have any secret news?
1: I do have some secret news, and I can share at least one of them right now, and that is the Bite the Bullet music video is coming out very, very, very soon, within the next, like, week. Um, So definitely stay tuned for that. But there is something else, and I do, I can give a little bit of that one, that's I have to go to New York very soon to start on a big project out there, which I'm super excited about. it's definitely out of what you would expect from me, but uh, you, I feel like many people will be really excited for
0: Wow, wow. Well, that sounds exciting, and listeners, you know what I'm going to say, right? That gives you more incentive to keep up with Presley online so that you can find out what it is when she's able to give out more details and discloses what she's up to in New York. So thank you anyways, anyways though, for for sharing that with my audience. So looking ahead, what's coming up for you in terms of Any upcoming shows or touring in the future? And for that matter, what's your ultimate goal that you want to achieve in country music?
1: So I am performing uh, May 22nd at the Texas Rangers game. I'm singing National Anthem and then God Bless America, which I'm very excited for. One of my favorite songs, like I just said. (laughs) Um, And then I have a a showdown in Newport Beach on May 28th, which I'm very excited for as well. And then in June, many different shows in florida area and um different in nashville and things like that to come which i which i am looking forward to for the fact that we are slowly getting back to normal with covid but at a safe rate which i feel like is very important um but i feel like my ultimate goal with country music is just to have a successful career and do what i love and have people support me for what i do and um just make people feel something with the music that I write.
0: Mm, I like that. I like that. In a minute, I'm going to have you tell the audience all about your newest single. But first, talk about two notable producers that you've worked with, meaning their names, their credentials, and how you got connected with each of them. So
1: I might have a little bit more than two, if that's okay. To- <laughs> So, I have worked with uh, Kent Wells, uh, Chuck Rhodes, and Buddy Hyatt, as well as Jeff Heskins. And so, I worked on Temporary, which is my first single um, with Kent Wells. And that was a, such a fun time, especially at the studio. The studio was beautiful. Um, and so, that was, and it's so cool to know that he's like works with Dolly Parton all the time. And so, like, there's there's definitely some cool things that I've... And even, like, more things that I've learned through them. That was, like, my first ever tracking session, like, with a live band. And so I got to experience that for the first time. And it just kind of, like, opened my eyes. Like, this is, like, how this is. Like, I am completely in love with this. Um, And then my next, like, batch of songs that I... So, Always You, uh, Bite the Bullet, and a few other ones that I've written were um, with Buddy Hyatt and Chuck Rhodes. And they are phenomenal names. Absolutely love them. They were incredible and i'm so excited with the songs that we um we finished and the, how the product came out and then i'm working on a new batch of songs with joe Haskins right now and i just got a few mixes back um for the four songs that i did so far with him and so i'm super excited for everyone to hear those as well
0: wow wow so there you go folks if you needed any more incentive of why to continue to follow and keep up with presley online obviously a lot In the works there. And I'm glad that she went through more than two. I just was hoping that she was going to talk about Kent Wells. He's a Grammy nominated producer. And like she said, most notably known for his work with Dolly Parton and and Buddy Hyatt, legendary drummer of Toto and a renowned producer. So thanks for sharing those others as well. We're going to close today with Presley's newest single, which just came out last month. Before I play that though, Presley, share with the audience all about the song, which is called Bite the Bullet.
1: Bite the Bullet I just released last month, and this is more of like the fun song that you can kind of just play and have a good time with it. It's it's kind of just like a bite the bullet, like just go for it, don't hesitate anymore. Um, and I feel like you just have to kind of hear it to kind of get the, the rest of the idea, but... This is Bite the Bullet, and I'm super excited for you guys to hear
0: it. I like it. it. I like it. And I will not be talking over this one, so y'all will get to hear this song in its entirety uninterrupted. But, Presley, first, thank you so much for coming on Now Hear This Entertainment. I really enjoyed talking to you. Congratulations on all your success and continued best wishes for more of the same.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Listeners, that will do it for another episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer, songwriter, guitar player Presley Tennant, visit her official website at presleytenant.com and then engage with her on social media via all the logos you'll see there linked to the various platforms that she's on this morning i followed her on facebook twitter and instagram and i strongly encourage you to do the same she and i did not get a chance to talk about her videos but do subscribe to her youtube channel and then watch and like the videos on there remember that she is also on TikTok as well For that matter, tell Presley that you heard her and her music on Now Hear This Entertainment. Again, while her music is streaming on platforms like Spotify and SoundCloud, you can follow her on one or both of those, but support Presley by purchasing downloads of her music from iTunes. There is a logo on her website to link over to there as well. A reminder, as I said earlier, that if you or someone you know has got questions, you or they need help with your or their music career, or even with podcasting, I do offer private one-on-one video consultations. My company, Now Hear This Incorporated, has been working with artists on their music careers for over 15 years, providing management, promotion, and related services. And, of course, I've been doing this podcast every week for more than seven years now. Go to nowhearthis.biz, that's H-E-A-R, nowhearthis.biz as they say in Canada, and look for the article titled Video Consultations Now Available, and then use the link in there to get a personal session scheduled with me. For now, that will do it for episode 380. Thanks ever so much for listening. We'll send you out today with another song from Presley Tennant. This is the one she just talked about called Bite the Bullet. Here you come
2: again, fever on my skin Giving me that look that makes me want to just give in And I know the love is dangerous But baby, you make dangerous feel good From the start I you know how to get to me A straight shot to my heart We just can't seem to fight this But we wouldn't want to fight it If we could So who's to say we should That I just can't resist, baby, make me brave enough to want to take the risk, and the tension keeps on growing, cause we know that there's no holding this thing back.